Welcome to Radwell's Automation Nation. Adjust the volume or put your favorite earbuds in and let's explore the manufacturing and automation industry together. I promise you if you love the industry or just cool technology, you will love our podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 20 of Radwell Automation Nation. Rob and I were talking recently about the variety of products and services that Radwell offers, and it got me thinking. The basis of everything we do at Radwell is to keep our customers' operations running. We offer a ton of products and services with that one purpose in mind. One of those offerings is field service engineering. Field service engineering is when Radwell engineers and repair technicians go on site at a customer's manufacturing facility to help them troubleshoot through issues. Now, we don't like to brag, but we do want to give proper credit to the amazing repair and engineering teams we have at Radwell. They navigate all kinds of issues with all kinds of parts and manufacturers successfully. We thought it might be interesting to have a chat with two of those amazing people. The two we are speaking with in this episode are from our engineering department at Radwell headquarters in New Jersey. They have often been tasked to head out to customer locations on behalf of Radwell and help in whatever way they can. Randy Bracey is director of engineering at Radwell. He's been with the company for 11 years, and he is one of those people that can literally fix anything. It's just the way his brain works. Brandon Bueller is engineering production manager. He's been with Radwell for 13 years. He's also a wizard when it comes to the ins and outs of industrial automation parts and products. He is also a repair genius with a natural ability to fix mechanical and electronic things. In this episode, Randy and Brandon are going to give us a behind-the-scenes look at some stories from their time working on field service for customers. Brandon and Randy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Okay, let's kick things off. The first question I have is, what's your favorite part about field service engineering? And Randy, we're going to start with you first. Uh, My favorite is I like to see the real world applications of the units we work on. Day in day, we get all these circuit boards, PLCs, controls, and we don't really get to see how they interface with the customer's application. Going out on service calls, you can see how they're installed, how they operate, and get a better idea of how you can fix them in the future, too. Brandon, what about you? I would agree with Randy on this one. I always like to see exactly how the customer is using all these different kinds of PLCs and drives. So it's really cool to see everything working. Were you ever surprised by how things were actually used in practical applications? Uh, Yes. How about you? Yeah. Can you elaborate? Like when you saw something, were you ever like, oh, that's how it works? Or, you know, I mean, you guys fix things, but if you're not used to seeing it in practical application and then suddenly you saw it in an application you weren't expecting, I think that would be interesting, you know? Yeah, I saw one um, at this customer's plant. It was actually, uh, they uh, packaged muffins and they had a camera that actually took a picture of the conveyor belt and it would tell the robot exactly where each one of these little containers are. And they had another picking robot that would actually pick up each bag and place them in a nice uniform line in order for them to be boxed. So I thought that was pretty cool how they interface together. That is pretty cool. So guys, what's your main goal when you arrive at a location to provide field service? Like what's your mindset as you approach the task at hand? Randy, give us your thoughts. Basically to get the customer up and running as fast as possible. A lot of times when they call us in, they're frantic machine down and don't know what to do to get their subs going. So they call us in and First steps I do when I get in there is I try to figure out what's wrong, how I can replicate it in their situation, and then determine how the machine works and how it's causing that fault and how to fix it from there. Brandon, what do you think? Yeah, I, I usually have to wrap my head around the operation, see exactly what the goals are, 
and what they're trying to achieve originally before we can start figuring out exactly what's wrong with the machine. Do you guys do any prep work up front? Any any calls in advance? Any any meetings with you know on-site staff prior to heading out to the plant floor? Yeah, so uh, ahead of time, we'll do a tech consult and talk with the customer, kind of get an idea of what's going on. And then we'll try to see what kind of controls they have, as much information as the customer can help us with. A lot of times, if it's a PLC or an HMI, we'll ask for the program, we'll ask for the part numbers, because sometimes we're preparing to go halfway across the country, and we want to pretty much eliminate as much back and forth as possible. So if we have to, we'll prepare with a spare CPU or a spare controller, whatever we need to possibly bring out with us to eliminate the downtime and get them up and running as fast as possible. Tell us about one of your most challenging customer sites. I want to know why it was challenging and what you did to navigate it. And this time we're going to start with Brandon. One customer had this issue where their drive and their PLC stopped communicating together. So we ended up replacing their PLC and the communication module on the drive. There's actually a uh, bus configuration. So it's proprietary to a certain brand. And, um, when we uploaded their PLC data and re-downloaded it to a new PLC, we were unaware that we had to have these certain electronic files on the software in order for it to re-communicate again. So went back to the customer and there was another problem. So then we had the research and this was actually down in Georgia. So we ended up having uh, Ray Walker down there go to the customer's facility and we used Microsoft Teams video chat in order to uh, troubleshoot. And by the end of the day, we we're finally able to get it communicating again after downloading the correct files, changing a couple uh, bus addresses on the PLC and everything started working again. But it was just something that we were unaware with because we work with so many different PLCs and so many different drives that sometimes they're a little bit different in the configuration. Randy, how about you, your most challenging scenario? So. My most challenging service call is actually a service call that's still in the works right now. It's been going on for a couple of months. Believe it or not, it's actually a swimming pool. So there's a complex down in Virginia that has an industrial control system that controls a pool cover. And when I say pool cover, it sounds like it might just be a tarp, but it's actually a 30,000 pound tile system that goes out over the pool. So when the pool is closed, it looks completely invisible. You can't see it. So the biggest issue they're having is when it was installed, the contractors didn't put it in spec and it's causing a lot of mechanical issues. And on top of that, the OEM no longer supports them, which and they locked out the program, which caused a lot of software issues. We're currently working with them as well as a couple external mechanical engineers as well as structural engineers to try to redevelop the system and make it work for them so they can keep their, their current system. Do you have any other stories that were about challenges that you've encountered? Yeah, so there was a government medical facility down in Georgia research lab that was having issues with their sample system. So basically it takes bacteria or disease, whatever they have, and it spreads it into different sample trays so they can do their testing on it. They ran off a PLC as well as actually ran off of two PLCs, a drive and a cam positioning system, which it, everything kind of ran on the camshaft. So it brought it over, lifted the tray up, put the sample in, lowered it and put it over and stored it so they can do the test on them. There was a lot of mechanical issues as well as PLC issues that were had to be adjusted to get them up and running properly. Incredible. What was the most rewarding scenario you've ever helped with? Like a scenario where you were most proud of in terms of the outcome? 
Randy? So for me as a manufacturing facility that actually had a power surge and took out most of their plant, uh, we ended up going in and replacing well over 100 drives. They had close to a million dollars worth of damage. Uh, ended up being from power company. They ended up switching over to a secondary power source, which had a short on one of the capacitors and took out most of the equipment in their building because it spiked the voltage up. Yeah, we were there for about a month and uh, us working with different contractors pretty much got the whole entire place up and running in a pretty fast amount of time. What's the most difficult repair you ever had to accomplish on site with a customer? And Brandon, you start this time and then we'll go to Randy after that. Yeah, so we had um, these drives come in. It's a very old, obsolete drive and it actually used fiber optic communications to uh, communicate from the controller to the drive itself. And actually this drive was only made for this specific customer. So there was no manuals or anything really that we were able to use. They had similar manuals because it was a drive that this manufacturer sold, but it was customized for this specific customer. So we ended up having to find another controller, which had the same fiber optic uh, control board in it. And we replaced that. And then we were finally able to communicate. But then we ran into a few other issues with the drive actually overcurrenting. So we're able to get the drive over to the tech and they were able to complete the repair by changing out the blocks and capacitors and whatnot. Can I share a story? You can. So we got to be we got to be a part of a field service opportunity where we were getting close to the Thanksgiving holiday and this particular manufacturer had a product that you would typically see on a on a dinner table around the Thanksgiving holiday and machine down situation uh, we got an opportunity to go on site meet with the team get a you know really good understanding of what the issue was and within about 45 minutes of being on a plant floor we were able to diagnose the encoder on a proprietary motor that was about 12 to 16 weeks out if they were to buy a true replacement. Luckily for us, Radwell and what we do, we had those encoders on the shelf. We were able to courier them out overnight, do the repair, and install the motors back on the machine and instantly got them up and running, which you know then allowed us to continue repair uh, on, on a component level, really, right? So a big benefit that Radwell brings to the table in field service is our component level repair abilities. We can think and we can diagnose on a on a micro scale. That is true. Okay, Randy, why don't you share your most difficult repair you ever had to accomplish on site? Yeah, so for me, it was actually a uh, an automotive manufacturer. They made bumpers for a specific car. And when we went in, their whole system, no one knew how it worked. No one had any backups or anything. All they had was an old OS2 computer that they used to communicate to the PLC system. And what happened was the PLC failed and it lost the program. So we had to replace this, the PLC. But then on top of that, we had to learn how to use the software on the OS2 computer because no one knew how to use it. After about a day of going through, we were able to actually start communicating with it, download the program. And from there, we shot a video for the customer. So if they ever have the issue in the future, uh, they could just go step by step through the video and run through the process and get it reloaded to get the machine back up and running. So guys, how is Radwell's field service different than OEM engineers doing field service? So with us, we're not limited to a specific manufacturer. So if we go into a customer's place and we see they have three different machines that are down, made by three different manufacturers, we can work on them all and get them up and running as fast as possible. 
Um, basically, we can go through, troubleshoot the electrical, work with the software, and do whatever we need without them having to call on three different vendors, pretty much, or three different OEMs to work on those machines. It really helps to minimize the downtime with the customer and build trust and get pretty much get them up and running as fast as possible. The other bonus is we have our surplus stock that we can pull out of. So if we're on site and we find out a unit's bad, there's a good chance that we actually have it in stock so we can get it overnight and get it in their system and sometimes same day. What kind of feedback have you guys gotten from customers about their field service experiences? Overall, it's uh, been pretty positive. Um, we've actually had customers go as far as send thank you cards with their whole entire staff signing them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are per- usually pretty ecstatic when they find out they don't have to upgrade their whole machine from what the OEM is telling them. We can give them a solution to get them up and running. That's awesome. If you could tell our customers anything about field service engineering that would help ease their mind about the process, what would it be? Don't be worried. Give us a call. Go ahead and discuss it. And basically, we could walk you through the steps that need it and let you know if we think we can repair it up front. A lot of the times, uh, we'll talk with the customer, do a tech console ahead of time, and we'll find out, you know what? A service call really isn't the best option, but if you take that PLC out, you send it to us, we can repair it, get it back to you. It's going to save you money, save you downtime, and get you back up and running as fast as possible. Yeah, I find you know field service to be a complement to Radwell's products and services, right? So you just mentioned that if we can bring the unit in-house, that may be ideal because we've got the brain trust, we've got the parts at our exposure, we've got the the you know the testing, all of that. But if that's not an option, field service could potentially be an option for our folks to get out there, take a look, hopefully diagnose, as mentioned earlier, on a micro level, just adds to the value that, that Radwell brings to the table. Randy and Brandon, I want to thank you for joining us and sharing your stories for our audience of listeners at Radwell Automation Nation podcast. Thank you. I've included contact information for both of our guests in the show notes. If you like this podcast, we'd love to have you leave us a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for joining us for episode 20 of Radwell Automation Nation. Until next time. To learn more about Radwell, visit radwell.com or connect with us on social media. To contact us about this podcast, email automationnation at radwell.com. Thanks for joining us.